I have a special gift for you today. It is the week of Christmas. And for the last month or so, I have been promoting a new booklet that I just came out with called A Broken Down Holiday. And today I'm going to share with you the audio version of that story so that you can enjoy it and have a marvelous Christmas. Stay tuned. Welcome to Stories of Hope in Hard Times, the show that explores how people endure and even thrive in difficult times, all with God's help. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. Join me on a journey to find inspiring stories of hope and wisdom learned in life's hardest moments. Hello and welcome to the Stories of Hope and Hard Times podcast. I'm your host, Tamara K. Anderson. And on today's episode, I am sharing with you the audio version of my new book, A Broken Down Holiday, One Mother's Journey to Finding Christmas Again. And I'm so excited to give you this gift this holiday season. Thank you for being an amazing supporter of my podcast. Thank you for sharing hope. Thank you for building your hope and coming on this journey with me. I appreciate you and Merry Christmas. Dedication to my mother-in-law, Judy Cromar. Thank you for allowing me to share the basis of your inspirational story and for opening your in and welcoming me into your family. I have often wondered how I would have felt in those circumstances. This is the story of those thoughts. 48 years ago, I was widowed at 23 with an eight-month-old baby boy. It was a shock when my husband David was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, but nothing prepared me for losing him just a few months later. Watching David succumb so quickly and die so young was one of the most soul-wrenching experiences in my life. The ensuing grief almost drowned me. When I had first heard David's grim prognosis, I held on to faith with all my heart. Surely God would grant us a miracle. He could heal David. But now my faith seemed in vain, and I was angry at God for taking my beloved husband. That sense of betrayal, coupled with the devastating loneliness day in and out, made me want to give up. Life without David was a struggle. But I had a baby who needed me, and I knew I had to keep going, to move forward, not for me, but for our little son, Andy. His life was still full of potential, even though my dreams were shattered. With David gone, I was panicked about the future because the prospect I had imagined of a husband providing for our family had just been ripped from my life. I had social security benefits, but I knew I needed to construct a different destiny where I could provide for myself and Andy. Within a few weeks of David's passing, I went back to school. It was a daunting task to juggle babysitting classes and grieving at the same time. I cried myself to sleep many nights, before, during, and after homework. My first Christmas without David approached, 
and an icy coldness permeated my Christmas spirit. I didn't have the emotional strength to deal with the merry holiday. Andy was just over a year old and wouldn't know the difference if he missed the festivities. Instead of celebrating Christmas that year, I opted to stay put in my apartment and asked family and friends to leave us alone and let the holiday pass. I needed to be able to cry and be sad without an audience and the expectation to be happy. Another year passed in a blur of school and grief while I lived life on autopilot. But as the holidays neared, a spark of guilt flared in my heart. If only for Andy's sake, it was time to go home to Eugene, Oregon, to be with my family for Christmas. It was time to try to resurrect my Christmas spirit. At the rideshare board at my university, I found a driver heading to Eugene the day before Christmas. I contacted the couple and even paid in advance so I could be guaranteed a spot on this drive home. On Christmas Eve morning, an old rusty blue station wagon pulled up. I wondered if this clunker had all of its parts. It didn't look as if it could go another 20 miles, let alone over 800. But this ride was my only way home, and the two couples in the car seemed nice enough company to travel with. So I climbed onto the worn, stained seat behind the driver and tucked my two-year-old son beside me. Dirty snow lined the highway, but the mountains around us were frosted and perfect white. After 20 minutes of driving, it became apparent the heater wasn't working, and my fingertips, nose, and toes began to feel the frigid iciness of the December weather. I folded my son into my green wool, double-breasted pea coat to keep us both warm. The heater wasn't the only thing malfunctioning. The old car drove slower than other cars on the road, and the occasional noise from the engine ominously forebode impending doom. As darkness fell, my anxiety increased. We were hours behind schedule and should have been to our destination by now. But at least the busted blue clunker was still moving. Thankfully, Andy played happily for much of the drive despite the cramped cabin and freezing temperature. I found myself wishing I could take my small suitcase and layer every piece of clothing onto my body. We stopped at a small gas station in the middle of nowhere in eastern Oregon to fill up with gas. Opening the vehicle doors let out what little body heat had amassed in the car. Once the driver returned and turned the key to start the engine, I shivered in sync with the grinding of the starter. Only I kept shivering while the engine gave up. Despite the efforts of the two men huddled in front of the dilapidated engine, the busted blue clunker remained silent. Dear God, I pled into the darkness, we need a miracle. I'd love to be home for Christmas. My heart has been grieving and cold for so long that I could use a little holiday cheer. Maybe I don't deserve it because I've been angry with you since David died. But my sweet, innocent son could use a joyful and hopeful Christmas this year. Will you please help us? 
the combined commotion of my shivering, the hood being popped open and people shifting in the car awoke Andy, and he blearily peered out at me with his green eyes and rosy cheeks from inside my coat. He squirmed in my arms, trying to figure out where we were and why we were stopped. I figured it was time for a break. The kind, white-haired station owner unlocked the bathroom door with a squeak and shuffled away, his breath frosty in the chilly air. The restroom wasn't much warmer, but at least I had some privacy and somewhere for my toddler to move while we waited. I eyed the dirty corners, dripping sink, and yellow paint peeling along the wall. The room held the musty odor of urine, and I hesitated to put my son down. But Andy was impatient and squirmed out of my arms. He toddled around on the rust-orange concrete floor, exploring the small bathroom while I quickly used the facilities. Every joint and muscle in my body protested. Traveling over 500 miles in a freezing, cramped car will do that. I was physically drained from juggling a busy toddler for over 13 hours. I blew on my hands, rubbed them together, and stuck them into my coat in a futile attempt to encourage warmth back into my fingertips. Between the biting winter temperatures and the frost in my heart, it felt like I'd been cold forever. And I was so tired. I was also hungry and couldn't think straight. Surely there had to be a better place for us to rest. I poked my head out of the bathroom door to survey our surroundings just as a blast of Arctic wind pelted me. I shuddered and pulled my coat more tightly around me. There was a motel not far down the street. Maybe we could find refuge there while we waited. I scooped Andy up in my arms and went outside. After conferring with the other women, we decided to try the motel. The owner greeted us as we walked in the warm lobby. Maybe I could just sit here and defrost. We asked how much a room would cost and if they would take a check, since by this point in the journey, we were all a little short on cash and none of us had a credit card. Unfortunately, the owner explained his policy was no checks allowed. We related our broken down situation and begged for a Christmas Eve miracle, but were turned out into the bitter night because the motel owner had to get home to his own Christmas celebration. So much for Christmas spirit. Maybe that didn't exist in Eastern Oregon. Maybe my lack of holiday happiness would jinx me the rest of my life. Maybe Christmas would always be broken. Feeling defeated, but not hopeless, we brainstormed and decided to contact the local pastor of our church. Using the payphone, I called him and explained our dire situation, asking if there was a possibility we could sleep in the church building. The pastor explained that wasn't allowed. I asked if perhaps there were some families from his congregation who might take us in for the night. He paused for a moment, considering, before giving a hesitant excuse. No, it's Christmas Eve. Families are busy tonight with holiday traditions and wrapping gifts. I hung up the phone, dejected, wondering what to do and where to turn next. I had exhausted all of my resources and was numb with cold and fatigue. 
Clinging to my son, I slowly walked back into the dingy bathroom. Andy was sleepy again, so I sat on the cold concrete floor and cuddled him into my coat once more. There, I sang and hummed him to sleep with a variety of Christmas carols. As I sang, the words of the tunes turned my thoughts to another silent night, 2,000 years before. I pondered Mary and her story as I rocked my boy. Her circumstances in traveling to Bethlehem were also out of her control. Did she feel as powerless, tired, and exhausted as I did now? Mary traveled 92 miles by donkey when she was almost nine months pregnant. I was certain when she arrived, she was also exhausted, worn out, with every joint in her body protesting the journey. And like me and my son, there was no room for them in the inn either. As I looked at the grimy bathroom stall around me, I thought of Mary giving birth in a different kind of stall, one for animals, and I shuddered. Oh yes, she knew what this felt like. She understood. That night, in a cold bathroom, in a remote town in eastern Oregon, I realized that our circumstances didn't differ much at all. I felt a sudden closeness to Mary. Because of her journey and sacrifice to bring her baby boy into the world, I was not alone in my struggles or suffering. Jesus Christ and his mother understood. And he was there with me in my bathroom stall. Tears streamed down my cheeks as an inner warmth filled my soul. Jesus truly was born in humble circumstances, and he understands and can comfort us through all the dark moments beyond our control. Yes, even in our worst broken-down bathroom stall moments. I reached a tipping point in the squalid gas station bathroom on Christmas Eve. I could either tip towards doubt or faith. But humming carols and thinking of Mary and Jesus tipped me towards faith and filled me with hope. I didn't know how my broken-down holiday would resolve, but I felt the peaceful assurance that God did. As I sat huddled in the bathroom with my son sleeping in my arms, I was not the only one praying for a solution. We all needed a window to open since so many doors had been closed to us that day. An answer to our prayers came when a man stopped because he'd noticed two men standing outside our broken-down car well after the station had closed. This good Samaritan did not pass by on the other side of the road like the priest and the Levite of the long-ago parable. Instead, he spent several hours of his Christmas Eve hunched over a dirty, beat-up engine helping strangers he would probably never see again because he felt called to help. Miraculously, he got the busted blue clunker started. We immediately resumed our journey because one man, one angel, chose to help 
and moved us on to our next step of the journey. Just outside of Pendleton, the busted blue clunker gave her final heave and dropped her driveline onto the highway. We called for help at a call box and a tow truck arrived near the darkest part of the night. Another angel in disguise. This driver dropped us all off at the Greyhound bus station where the other two couples purchased tickets to get them home in time to celebrate Christmas morning. So there I was, all alone, at a bus station. The warm reassurance that had filled my soul during the night faded in the face of my new challenge. My life had spiraled out of control once more, and I didn't know what else to do or who else to turn to. I finally used a payphone to call home. My concerned parents assured me they would wire money for a bus ticket to the Western Union at the Greyhound station as soon as it opened in the morning. Once again, I spent several hours in a grungy bathroom while Andy ran around with all the energy of Christmas morning. How would I make it through the next few hours when Andy had such energy and I had none? The answer came as some angels in disguise visited the restroom for the next few hours. Many of them had spent the night out on the town in the local bar. They were women of varying ages and races. To say they probably were in a more impoverished life circumstance and needed help more than I did would be an understatement. But those who live in need often have a special gift of discernment. They are humble enough to recognize another person down on their luck and desire to give. As each of those women entered the restroom, they immediately noticed the precocious little blonde-haired green-eyed boy who wanted to engage with them and spread his childlike joy. They also noticed the worn-out, bedraggled mother who could barely keep her eyes open or her tears from spilling out. And they offered words of encouragement and hope. In their need, these women gave Andy a coin or two and wished him a Merry Christmas with a smile. These meager gifts were as king's treasures to us in our extremities. I finally made it home with gratitude and joy because God sent angels to help me one step at a time, just when they were needed. The traditional Christmas morning celebration didn't happen the way I had envisioned it. Andy and I arrived late Christmas Day, and after being fed and finally opening presents, I turned Andy over to his doting grandparents and promptly fell asleep. By the next morning, I realized I had been given a special gift by God. The ice in my heart from David's death had begun to thaw. I had grown closer to the Savior in my extremities, and I had been truly humbled to be in the presence of angels unawares who helped me as I baby-stepped my way through and out of my broken-down holiday. As I pondered my journey, I resolved from that moment on, my inn would always be open especially at Christmas. I was blessed eventually to remarry and have a wonderful blended family with many children. At Christmas, our home has always been full, 
but still open to all. I have always sought out the lonely, the widowed, and the broken at Christmas time, inviting them to join with our family in celebrating traditions, reading stories, and in the giving of gifts. My experience has also moved me to work with the refugees who have been placed in our community. I feel such a desire to help them because I haven't forgotten what it felt like to have no room in the inn. People have since asked me if I wish the broken down Christmas had never happened. But the older I get, the more grateful I am we broke down that day. It may have delayed the reunion and presence with my family, but without this story, I would not have the tender feelings and connection to the first nativity. I found myself and my Savior that Christmas. Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Discussion points. Which part of this story impacted you the most? Why? What changes do you think you will make this holiday season to focus more on Christ? Which lessons have you seen in your life story and what did you learn? Tip towards faith? Watch for angels? Take baby steps forward? Open your heart and your in. About the author, Tamara K. Anderson is a speaker, author, podcaster, and musician whose main focus is to inspire hope in Christ. She and her husband, Justin, have four children who are blessed and challenged by autism, ADHD, mental health challenges, and all bring her great joy. She is a sucker for books and can sometimes be found awake at 2 a.m., so that she can finish the book she was reading. Tamara likes kitchen gadgets, power tools, puttering around in her garden, zip lining, and hiking. Being a wife and mother are top on her priority list. Tamara received her Bachelor of Science degree in therapeutic recreation, and then went on to get advanced degrees, including her PhD in life from the School of Hard Knocks. Ha ha. Ever since she headed off to college, Tamara has had a passion for teaching from the scriptures, especially from the life of Jesus Christ, and has used these skills as a missionary and Sunday school teacher for decades. Tamara is a flexible creator. She founded two regional choirs and an annual interfaith music event, totaling 14-plus moves in six states and two countries throughout her life. She now lives in Utah with her husband and family. She is the author of Normal for Me and her award-winning booklet, The Mother's Might. Tamara is the host of the weekly podcast, Stories of Hope in Hard Times. Follow and connect with her on social media through her website, TamaraKAnderson.com. Hey, my friends, are you looking for a meaningful Christmas gift this year? If so, you need look no further. I have a fantastic, sweet, short story. I am so excited to share with you my new booklet. It's called A Broken Down Holiday. This is the story of a widowed young mother trying to travel home for the holidays soon after her husband dies. And 
being stranded in the middle of nowhere and some of the hard things that she experiences and some of the miracles that you wouldn't think were miracles that she had happen. But it is based on a true story that happened to my mother-in-law. It's great for those friends that you're just like, what do I get them? Something simple that's under five bucks. It's a great stocking stuffer. So if you want to share this message of hope with your friends or family members, check it out, A Broken Down Holiday on TamaraKAnderson.com. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of powerful stories of hope. I know there are many of you out there who are going through a hard time, and I hope you found useful things that you can apply to your own life in today's podcast. If you would like to access the show notes of today's show, please visit my website, storiesofhopepodcast.com. There you will find a summary of today's show, the transcript, and one of my favorite takeaways. You know, if someone kept coming to mind during today's episode, perhaps that means that you should share this episode with them. Maybe there was a story shared or a quote or a scripture verse that they really, really need to hear. So go ahead and share this podcast. May God bless you, especially if you are struggling with hope to carry on and with the strength to keep going when things get tough. Remember to walk with Christ and he will help you bear the burden. And above all else, remember God loves you.